Welcome to the Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. Well, welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and again, we're going to be talking about the Kingdom of God. And... uh, We're going to have to equate it again with what's in the news, and there doesn't seem to be anything in the news but the coronavirus. But it isn't actually the virus that is the news. And if you want the good news, you wouldn't even be afraid of the coronavirus at all. You wouldn't be concerned about the coronavirus any more than you would be concerned about the common cold and uh, or any other virus that might come along. And hundreds of them come along every year. Viruses are all over the place. And the fact is, most people don't even know what viruses are. They, you know, they're not germs. They're, uh, you know, well, I don't know. Germs is a pretty general term. They're not bacteria. Let's put it that way. Uh, do they cause disease? Uh, well, you know, they don't really do it by themselves. Uh, they, they don't go, they don't do anything themselves at all. They don't even live. They're not even alive. They're just strings of DNA in a little bubble. And when I say little bubble, I mean a little bubble. That's so tiny you can't see it under a microscope. So some people have been going out there saying they don't even exist. Well, they exist and they actually exist in you by the millions, but they're not called viruses in you. They're called exosomes and your body produces them by the billions uh, on a regular basis they produce them inside cells and uh, we don't call them viruses but they're really basic they look almost identical I, I would say they look identical but they don't all look the same but they all have the same basic parameters and they're little tiny uh, things that are produced in your cells of your body which is actually a part of your immune system and part of your life system uh, and uh, part of your homeostasis that, that keeps you alive and it actually uh, is an amazing process it, like everything inside your body which is why many people who are microbiologists who were raised almost atheists or at least taught to be atheists in college are now thinking no I'm thinking there's got to be a God because this is so complex Mathematically, it is impossible to have evolved into what we have become in in life on this planet simply by some sort of random design. You just could not have created such a stable ecosystem, uh, replenishing ecosystem, revitalizing ecosystem as we have in the this planet today. And you find it nowhere else. They've been looking and looking and looking and they can't find any evidence of it. You know, they find something that they think is kind of the particles of DNA and they get all excited, but that isn't life any more than a virus is life. A virus is a lie. I said this way back at the beginning of this whole series and this whole uh, fiasco of the coronavirus, which has nothing to do with the virus whatsoever. It's the economy stupid, to quote. I think it was, uh, you know, one of the Carters in their campaign. It's the economy stupid. Uh, and that's really what's going on and, and behind all this. Now, there's a lot of different elements to this. Somebody's asking, is something else going on? Because 
numbers weren't adding up and things weren't making sense and the coronavirus. I know a lot of people are just clinging to the idea because they've run out and got toilet paper. They're running around with masks on and uh, they think, oh, we, uh, this is coronavirus, coronavirus, chicken little, the sky is falling. But uh, that's, the, it, there's, somebody asked, is something else going on? Is there a conspiracy afoot? Uh, well, there's all kinds of conspiracies. I mean, every time somebody from CNN asks a question of the president, there's a conspiracy behind it because they're conspiring to try to make the president look bad or to create some sort of sound bite so they can get into the 6 o'clock news or write a story or something. Uh, it's And I don't want to pick on CNN. It's not unique to them. I mean, there's just, you can line up the bigoted, bias media uh, so that, you know, I mean, Trump's got all kinds of problems. I didn't vote for him. Uh, I don't I don't know a lot of people that voted for I guess I probably do. I just don't ask people if you voted for him because it's not my concern. That's not, I'm preaching the kingdom of God and his righteousness, not the, the kingdom of the United States and their substitute for righteousness. And I'm not, I'm not against the United States. I'm not against Trump. I'm not for Trump. I'm for all mankind. I'm for the truth. And that's what you need is loyalty not to a country, but loyalty to the truth. If you, if you start giving loyalty to a president or a prime minister or a king, you're going to empower him. And that power will corrupt him. I only know one leader, only, only one head of a nation that was not corrupted by the power that people wanted to give him. And of course, you know what his name is, Yeshua, Jesus, a.k.a. Jesus, a.k.a. the Christ, the Son of God. You know, all Israelites were children of God. They all thought they were sons of God, but... They were not the Son of God. And that's what Jesus was supposed to be. And that was because he was the Christ, the Messiah, the Messiah, the King of Judea. And even Rome recognized him as the King of Judea. And he appointed a kingdom to his apostles who were called out. His apostles were called out. Just like the Levites were called out. They were the called out in the wilderness. The church in the wilderness. That's what it says in the New Testament. And the apostles were the called out in Judea. They were the church in Judea. The apostles. Not everybody else. Not all those people who got baptized. They weren't the church. They were followers of the way. Later on in Antioch they'd be called Christians. What was the way, and how was the way different than all the other ways that people were going? Fond of saying, all roads lead to Rome, a famous old saying, all roads lead to Rome. That's what Romans said that. I think it was Tacitus. But all roads also lead to the kingdom of God. It just depends on what direction you're going. And this coronavirus... Is been t- has been taking you in the wrong direction. It's been taking you the other way. And you don't want to go that way. You want to go towards the kingdom of God. And so we're going to look at the coronavirus again. 
I was just actually just finally getting to editing last week's show and putting it together so that we will be able to release it eventually uh, here this week. And you'll see it if you're on the network, you'll get it. But we, I was looking at so many things that I went through already on the coronavirus that should make a lot of things clearer to you. But now I'm going to tell you, you know, what God's plan is. We just heard on the news uh, somebody who's been running for president saying they, they were actually backing up some of the things that Trump did and saying we only have to wait till the 30th of April. To see if our plan is working. <laughs> if if we're making it happen. What about God's plan? Do you know what God's plan is? How God was going to protect you through all these viruses and every other virus and every other flu season and every other contagion and every other sickness that might come along. And right now we're mostly suffering from a sickness of the mind. The contagion that I saw that was the most serious contagion during all this in the last couple of months is the contagion of fear. They got you all afraid, so you're not even thinking straight. Now, of course, you lack knowledge, and that's what we've been trying to give you in the programs and the web pages, and that's why there's so many footnotes. You can go get more knowledge and check out what we're sharing, because we could be wrong about some things. There's an awful lot of speculation in science today. You know, people say nobody's ever seen a virus. Well, nobody's ever seen a bacteria except through a microscope. And nobody's ever seen a virus except through an electron microscope. And nobody's ever seen an exosome uh, except through an electron microscope. And there's endosomes and exosomes and there's all kinds of things. And there's all kinds of cells in your body. Like, again, there's there's billions of cells. And there are all kinds of different cells. People talk about T cells. Oh, you need T cells for your immune system. Well, how many different kinds of T cells are they? And you got to remember all these different kinds. They're based on our intellectual parameters where we label this kind of T cell or that kind of T cell based on... Our parameters, our way of thinking about things. So, what what is, you know, I mean, what, what kind of that? You know, there's lymphatic T cells, and they originate in. Uh, there's bone T cells that originate in the bones, and in the thymus, and so there's uh, cytotoxic T cells. They they have things they call helper T cells, regulatory T cells, natural. Killer T cells, those are your killer T cells, your uh, terminator T cells. And then you have memory T cells. Well, they're all floating around in your body all over the place. And, you know, they're in the blood and they're, and they're, they're everywhere. How do they know what to do? How, you know, there's a new toxin in town that's come into your body. And there's all kinds of toxins. And we'll, we'll talk about a little bit of that. And how do these cells know to go after those toxins? How do these cells know, you know, these killer T cells know who to kill and who not to kill? I mean, do they have, uh, you know, little phone lines going between them, radio lines going between them? Where do they come from? How are they made? They're born, supposedly. 
But then what happens if while you're fighting one antigen, one of these toxins, they get into your system, and another one comes along and gets into your system where that T-cell's out there floating around doing his job? How does he get the news that there's a new poison in the system that he has to also go after? How does he get that news? Exosomes. You know, they, they knew there was cellular communication for years. They go way back and they, they knew somehow or other, because they did experiments. So I say, that, you know, that these experiments are giving them evidence to make correlations, educated correlations. They don't necessarily know how it works, but they knew that somehow cells from this creature, when brought into proximity with the cells from another creature... The, the the new creature knows what the other creature knows. The cells in his body begins to know. They develop an immunity because they have come into contact with cells from another creature. Well, yeah, that's kind of what they do with vaccines. You know, they they put a disease in a monkey or in a chicken or something, and then they take fluids from the chicken or from its egg. There's a lot of different ways to manufacture these vaccines. And then they poison it with formaldehyde or other toxins and so that they disseminate the virus enough so there's not a full-fledged virus, but they the, some of the parts are still there. And then they inject it into your body. And your body sees this foreign toxin. That's what a, a vaccine is. It's a foreign toxin full of toxic waste from some other sick animal. And, the, and it sees this toxin and that toxin. It also may see the formaldehyde and the adjuvants and all these other things. And so it will produce, your body will produce an immune reaction to fight those toxins. You know they give you vaccines that they give it to small children that don't even contain, you know, elements of the original virus because they're not actually stimulating your system to fight the virus. You know, because it, the vaccine doesn't fight the virus. It's your body fights the virus. It knows to fight the virus because it's been introduced to parts of the virus. So it kind of knows what to look for. But it's also been introduced to all kinds of other things. But in one case, they give small children the toxins that are produced by a bacterial infection. By, uh, I guess, it, no, it might actually be a virus. Uh, but anyway, the toxins that are produced by the presence of this disease. And your body gets the cue, because this is just, this is just chemical toxins. And your body sees these chemical toxins, and your body will produce cells that go out and look for that toxin and try to isolate it or break it down. What's curing you is your body. It's not the vaccine. The vaccine doesn't cure you at all. It actually makes you sick. But supposedly mild enough sickness so that your body can produce the antibodies that will go after these toxins or cells or viruses or whatever it is that is uh, invading your system. They don't always like go after viruses. What they will do is educate your cells that that virus is not you. That's what they're doing. 
But the problem with vaccines is they dump so much different stuff in there. It's like if I were going to talk to you and, and talk to you through a mic, you know, and and uh, mix it all up, you're not going to understand what I'm saying. You hear all this other static in there, and you have to your brain and your ears have to filter out uh, that static and that noise that's coming along with what I'm trying to say. Well, that's kind of what a vaccine is. It's dumping all kinds of stuff into you. And a small child, it can actually confuse its system. And if you're doing multiple vaccines at one time, you can have a terrible reaction. And actually, that's where you're developing a lot of your autoimmune problems. Now, a lot of people will argue that. They say, you can't prove that. Correlation is not causation. You know, you can't prove that polio vaccine cured polio. You can't prove that uh, uh, any of the other diseases that seem to have disappeared disappeared because somebody produced a vaccine. I mean, China had the same outbreak amongst its billion people. And, uh, you know, the people everywhere were getting this virus and and some dying from it. And that seems to have gone away. The numbers have decreased. Now, they still get a few cases, but it's a billion people spread out over a very large country. So there will be pockets of people who have not been exposed to the virus. Nobody nobody went there with the virus. Or maybe a few people went there, but they were fairly isolated lives and they, they you know, they weren't cooking for a convalescent home. So they didn't, they didn't contaminate a hundred people. Or 200 people or a 1,000 people on a cruise ship. They didn't contaminate them because they're not in a position. Maybe they they work outdoors. They're a truck driver and they hardly see anybody. So you'll still find that disease showing up. And you'll find it showing up for the next year or two or more. Probably more. And you know why more? Why this disease will last as long as it's lasting already in many places and why you will see it next month and, the, and next year? Because they quarantined you. They isolated you in little pockets so that you can't, you can't become exposed because you need to become exposed. When you're in maximum health, old people, compromised immune systems, they don't need to get exposed. But everybody else does, and the sooner everybody else does, that multiple of six times, 36 times, whatever the number is next, of this virus, fast-spreading virus, will stop. Because it won't spread to people already immune. But it's much more complex than that. Your system is much more ingenious then you can even imagine, and we're going to get into some of that ingeniousness of your system. Why? Because the kingdom of God is an ingenious system. It is an ingenious way to live. And it makes everybody safer. But nobody seeks the kingdom of God to be safer. It doesn't say, seek the kingdom of God and to be safer. It says, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So you're, you're supposed to be trying to become righteous, not safe. Now, if you become righteous, God will be your protector. 
your comforter. You know, that extra added nuance of safety. But in order to do that, you have to care about your neighbor as much as you care about yourself, which is why we pointed out in shows before, the person running out with three bags, uh, you know, quantity, giant bags of toilet paper, are not Christians. Those are not Christians. None of those are Christians. They may think they're Christians. They may go to church. They may even go into the drive-in churches and listen to a preacher, give them a motivational speech about how much everybody loves Jesus and he loves you. But they're not preaching the gospel of the kingdom and they're not. We know them by their works and that is a selfish act. Because some little old lady who couldn't outrun you will not have toilet paper. Or not have milk or not have food or not have something that you cleaned off the shelves. It's totally selfish. And that's the disease. And it comes from fear. It comes from ignorance. It comes from sloth and avarice. And this is what is the toxin that is poisoning America and poisoning Australia and poisoning China. And it is the antithesis of Christ. It is the Antichrist. It is the evidence of the Antichrist sometimes in you. You just have to look at your own actions and reactions. Are you doing what Christ said? If the churches were doing what Christ said, they would already be sitting down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands, taking care of one another through faith, hope, and charity. But instead, we see millions upon millions of Christians taking care of one another through men who call themselves benefactors but exercise authority one over the other. And their tactics tactics are fear and force and fidelity. Fealty to them. Not fidelity amongst one another. But you become children of the state. And you look to the state for your salvation. And you look to the media for your salvation. And you look to the doctors for your salvation. And you look to the lawyers for your salvation. Because you're not looking to Christ for your salvation. If you were looking to Christ, you'd be sitting down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. You would not need any social welfare from men who exercise authority. In other words, from the government. But your churches today, they tickle your ears and send you to the men who exercise authority. And you've become entangled again in the yoke of bondage. You become surety for debt and your children are surety for that debt as well. So we're going to talk a great deal about the remedy for the disease that is threatening the world today. And it's not really about coronavirus. It's about the kingdom of God. We'll be right back in a moment. Well, welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. And we're looking at uh, an epidemic of fear that is running rampant around the world that has caused the entire economy of the world almost to shut down. There are a few isolated pockets out there that have not shut down. You know, like Sweden is not shut down. And uh, they're going, you know, they're, they are going gangbusters so much that uh, I guess there's fires in their toilet paper factory because they're ramping up the machines so much to, to make a profit on your panic. And uh, there's also 
People are trying to produce this vaccine that we are going to need to save the nation. Actually, doctors are thinking the only way we can get back is we produce a vaccine that will protect everybody. They don't even know. So many doctors don't even know. Most people in the places where there has been outbreaks are already protected. They're already immune. The doctors, the the epidemiologists from Oxford are saying this. The ones from Mount Sinai Hospital that's invented one of these blood machines that can actually look for not only the antigen itself, but for the antibodies. Now, what does that mean, antibodies, antigens? We throw out these words and people think they kind of just kind of fill in the blanks with their imagination as to what's going on. Now, supposedly this virus originally started in a bat. And then, according to some people, it transferred over to a pangolin, which is kind of like an armadillo for you people down south who know what an armadillo is. But it's an anteater. And and a lot of people eat it. A lot of people used to eat it. I remember the first time I ever shot an armadillo, there was a guy there who wanted it. Uh, I was just a little kid, and he wanted it because he was going to eat it. He just loved to eat them armadillos. I think they got kind of an orange blood, if I remember right. It's weird creature. It looks like it's from another planet. But uh, anyway, the virus supposedly went into that and then somehow transferred to people. And if you remember back, you know, when the news was first coming out and, and some of these uh, doctors were saying, yes, but it cannot transfer from people to people. It only was picked up in this fish market. Well, we a lot of people have seen the the videos of the fish market, they call it, they sell all kinds of things besides fish. They don't usually sell bats, uh, because there are no bats in that area, at least the bat that they're talking about. But they might sell pangola, pangolin, but it really doesn't matter, because I don't think it came from there, and most Chinese scientists who were investigating this don't think it came from there either. They believe that the, because it's a funny thing in the hierarchy of Chinese doctors and medicine. I mean, there's Chinese medicine and then there's medical Chinese doctors. That there's this kind of hierarchy and lowerarchy. And I mean, it's a big country. But they have, the Communist Party has political spokesmen going around amongst these saying, no, don't talk about this and don't talk about that. But some guys talk about things anyway because they're so famous as renowned researchers that they haven't really shut them up. And they're they're just publishing the actual data and statistics that they find, trying not to skew it. It's difficult because you can't always get the truth, and that's what we're seeing happening here in California and a lot of other states, because if you predict or, or diagnose that someone's symptoms are coronavirus, then you're going to get $17,000 from the federal government. And if you put them on a ventilator, you're going to get, I think, thirty-eight or $39,000 from the federal government. Now, most of these guys who think about this haven't, they're too busy to read the literature or to go out and the, and the media is too busy trying to create sensational headlines to go out and find out what's really going on. Ventilators seem to be killing the patients. 
because with this particular virus, you will get pneumonia-like symptoms, but it's not pneumonia. And if you put them on a ventilator, you can actually kill them. You can make things worse because a ventilator is going to force the lungs open. Now, some doctors are putting them on people that are really in distress on ventilators, but uh, they're turning them way down. Because if you put them on like a regular one, you'll actually cause hemorrhaging and bleeding. Just like, just like doctors killed thousands and thousands and thousands of Spanish flu victims because they, their new treatment was all this aspirin they would give. I mean, up to 30 grams of aspirin a day. And it was killing them. And we know that now. The researchers have gone and they've, they, they realize they know what the aspirin is actually doing. Most people don't know what the, the ventilator is actually doing. They know it's expanding the lungs, but why are they having trouble breathing if it's not really pneumonia yet? Well, we can explain that. We have talked a little bit about that in the last programs, but basically this Little virus, and we'll explain more about what a virus is, which is like an exosome. It's a little tiny bubble carrying little tiny bits of strands of DNA in it. And uh, those strands of DNA can get into a cell because those little protein things that are on the outside of the uh, the little bubble can touch another cell and that cell mistakes it for one of its own exosomes and lets it in. And of course, the way the exosome works is it's produced by a cell that has some information for the health of the whole body and it sends out these exosomes and they go and they touch a cell. Certain, they're looking for a certain kind of cell. So they have these little proteins. And these proteins will unlock that cell. It will touch that cell. And that cell will think, oh, I have a message coming in from another type 2 cell like myself. And I'll let it in. And I will duplicate this little tiny exosome in a, a bubble of my own inside the cell. So we're talking... Tiny, tiny little things. You can't even imagine how small this is. And they reproduce a bunch of those exosomes, and then that bubble goes to the surface of the cell, has the key, the little protein, opens the cell and releases those replicated little messages to go out to other type 2 cells. And so you got all these little tiny, tiny, tiny little exosomes running around with the message from a cell that evidently was introduced to a toxin, recognized that toxin. And these are sometimes special cells. And they recognize that toxin. They may be still a type 2 cell, but there's something special about them. We can talk about that's that's the cell everybody wants to clone because it has more information in it. And they're all over your lungs and all over your body, different types. And it sends out these little messages and it goes and tries to contact a million other type 2 cells in your lungs. You think about it. you got millions of cells 
in your lungs. And these type 2 cells have a message. They want to get to all the other type 2 cells. They're not going to use your nervous system that you use. You know, you want to wiggle your toes. You send a message from your brain down to your toes. Wiggle those toes. And what is happening is little chemicals are being secreted in the muscles and they tense up. And then they release because there's other chemicals and that you can wiggle your toes. But that's through your nervous system that you're telling it to do that. And then the chemicals in your cells are knowing to, because these nerve endings and dendrites are sending off little electrical signals, you wiggle your toes down at the other end of your body because of what you're thinking in your head. But you're not thinking about what's going on in your type 2 cells in your lungs. You don't have a nervous system going down to each one of those cells. What you have is cellular communication. And exosomes are not the only way they do that. They can actually communicate to the cell right next to them without sending out exosomes. But if you were that one little tiny cell that has realized this problem and you send out an information to the cell right next to you, then he's got to generate a way to send that cell to the next cell right next to him. And what happens if some of these cells aren't touching And how do you get a message to them? Well, this is the exosomes. It's sending out a message. There's a toxin afoot in our system. Now, they can send out other messages. They have a regular job besides when you're sick or invaded by some sort of infection. Uh, They go out and they, you know, from all kinds of different cells, they go out and look for cells that are becoming degraded or degradated or just sick and dying. Old age in cells. And they, they put messages in those cells, and those cells, you know, die. They could do the same with cancer cells. They find a cancer cell that is, that the DNA reproduction of a particular cell is not matching what should be for your cell. Cancer in the blood, cancer in the lungs, cancer in the breasts. Those breast cells have cancers in them, and your body should be sending signals, oh, this is a cancerous cell, let's turn it off. And they actually send a message into the cell that tells the cell to stop reproducing itself. It stops reproducing itself, and it becomes devitalized and dies. Your body is actually telling it to do that with millions of cells all the time. Because you get millions of cancer cells all the time. And your body, if it's healthy, it's shutting them off before they form a tumor. And this goes on all the time in everybody's body. And there are all kinds of things that you can take into your body that will make this process more difficult for your body. There's all kinds of things you can take into your body that will make this process more robust in your body. Fear is not good. Anxiety is not good. All those things can disrupt that or preoccupy your system doing something else. So I don't want to get too complicated in that. Let's lay a little bit more groundwork. But back to this idea that we have to wait till April 30th because that's their plan. That's not God's plan. God wants you well right now. Wants your society well as fast as possible. It's like your T2 cells know, oh, 
we've got a foreign invading cell from some other creature pretending to be one of our exosomes and getting reproduced in a cell. Because again, these exosomes look identical, for the most part, look identical to a virus almost. And so, what's really going on here? An exosome, again, if you look up at the definition, are defined as small vesicles. So they're containing something. Ranging from 30 to 100 nanometers in size. That are found in nearly all eukaryotic fluids. And facilitate a range of important cellular functions. One of those is immunity. One of those is getting rid of old dying cells. One of those is to get rid of, you know, go in and turn off cancer cells. They got all kinds of jobs to do. They're very busy guys. But they're not really guys. They're create, they're replicated. Created by certain cells, replicated by other cells, and sent out to send messages to all the cells like itself in your body. You know, the liver's doing this, the kidneys are doing this, the lungs are doing this, your sinuses are doing this, your skin is doing this. How does the skin on your foot communicate with the skin on your hand? The skin is an organ. It actually has a function. It, it provides you with all kinds of protection from all the toxins that are out there. How does it do that? I mean, that skin is alive. You know, I can I can can wash my hands, you know, of grease with gasoline. But if I tried to drink the gasoline, I'm dead. If I tried to breathe the fumes of the gasoline, I'm dead. But I can wash my hands with the gasoline and except for them becoming a little dry, my hands don't die. Because the skin is designed to deal with those external toxins. Just the same as your lungs have a design to deal with foreign things that you might breathe in. From pollens to viruses to bacterias. This is why your tonsils because you might take in, ingest foreign uh, living creatures like bacteria or toxins like viruses or even gas. You might breathe in some gas, and you're you're going to feel it right away. And you're going to your nervous system is going to say, "Stop breathing in those fumes. That's bad. You know, spit that out." That's bad, and your body's telling you these things. But also, the cells themselves are dealing with these toxins and have a way of rejecting them, throwing them back out in your mouth. That's why you continue to have the taste after you wash out your mouth is because some of the toxin is still there and your body is still expelling it. If it gets all the way into your system, then then other things will take over. Maybe it will force you to vomit up the what you have swallowed. Or you will suddenly get diarrhea because it's going to flush it out the other way. So all this, this is all a part of your immune system. It's not a part of the immune system of the government. <laughs> so anyway, they, they want people to donate blood so they can get the antibodies. What are the antibodies? 
What, what are these things that they're talking about as antibodies? Antibodies, definition, a blood protein produced in response to and uh, counteracting a specific antigen. Those little things on the tops of the virus, those are proteins. Those little things on the tops of the exosomes, those are proteins, and they're used to unlock cells. So it's not just proteins, but it's the proteins of a particular design to somehow or other help something counteract a specific antigen. Antibodies combine chemically with substances which the body recognizes as alien such as bacteria, viruses, and foreign substances in the blood. So they kind of lock them down. Now, if you if you go look up antibodies, they'll show you, you'll see all kinds of images of something that looks like a Y. And uh, these things that look like a Y, uh, they, they say that those are the, uh, the protein. And they have long chains on them and short chains on them. And they're, they're composed of a, a series of chemicals and they're manufactured by the cells. Like in the exosome cases, it's all done inside that little bubble inside the cell. A little portion of the cell is dedicated to producing these exosomes. And they're replicating the DNA of and the RNA of each of those exosomes so that they have, they're cutting the keys, which is what the protein that you're going to see on the surface is doing. It's like a key. That's the best analogy I can give you right now off the top of my head. And it, it creates that key by this series of different chemicals in a particular order, in a chain. There's a short chain and there's a long chain. And with those, if the, all the things are right and they come to the right cell, that cell will open up take that exosome in and replicate it, send, pass the message on to the next group of cells. This is, you know, this is why Christ said to sit down the tens, one of the reasons, to sit down the tens, hundreds, and thousands. Because each of you are like a cell, this little ring of people sitting around, and you're talking to one another. And I've seen this actually happen where people in a small group are talking about a problem and they're trying to figure out what do we do about this and what do we do about that. And then some 12-year-old or 14-year-old kid is listening in the background and he says, well, why don't you just do this? And they go like, that's a good idea. You know, sometimes if they're humble enough to admit that a small kid came up with a better idea than them and they can implement it. Now, that great for them but what if the problem is reoccurring throughout the entire system? Of, because that's what Christ was creating was this network, tens, hundreds, and thousands. Now, they test this new model. Uh, they get enough evidence through correlation, or even maybe somebody is smart enough to figure causation. And they now have to transmit that information to... Another cell, another of the tens, hundreds, and thousands. And so they have to have this network of connection where they can send information from one group to the other. That this is, you're having a potato blight. What can we do about it? Well, you need more alkali in your soil. 
Uh, and if you get some lime and put it on the soil and you do this and you get this other breed of potato, whatever, you won't have a potato blight. Or maybe it's almond trees or, you know, grasshoppers or some sort of plague is going on affecting the body of Christ. You can tell it's the body of Christ because it's doing what Christ said and Christ said to sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. So that's what, that's how you would recognize, one of the ways to recognize the body of Christ. Also, it's more concerned with the life of others or at least as concerned with the life of others as it is with itself. That's why you can tell that a lot of home churches are not really a part of the body of Christ because they're, they're sitting down in the tens, but not the tens, hundreds, and thousands. They're more concerned about how they feel when they go to their little group and have their little gathering than the group on the other side of the country. Oh, they care about it when they're watching the news, and they will go home and pray about it, but they won't do anything about it because they're not doers of the word. They're just talkers and and repeating stuff that they've heard before so that they can have a good feeling. Cells like that will die. And they will be rejected because they don't know Christ. Christ didn't come to make you feel good. It came so that you could seek the kingdom of God and the righteousness of God. And that means you have to become a doer of the word. So anyway, back to this. How do you get that information throughout this network of these individual cell groups of tens, hundreds, and thousands? Well, you need to have your own system of exomes. Now, you don't have to replicate little guys, but you replicate the message. And you get the, you have a, a way of communicating that message to the other cells. Well, how do you keep that avenue of communication to the other cells healthy, robust, capable of delivering accurate information from a little cell group in Los Angeles to another cell group in New York or in Australia or in China? You know, they, they're talking about hydro, uh, oxy, Chloroquine. That's, that's the big name. That has had certain promise in treating, not curing, they say the word cure, but it's not curing the coronavirus, but it's relieving the symptoms. Because you don't die of the virus, you die of the symptoms of the virus or the medical treatment you receive from doctors who think they're gods and are not. Uh, but what is hydroxy chloroquine really doing? And, and we'll talk about that, but we want to relate it to what should be going on in the body of Christ. How do we keep that avenue of communication open? So if we find that there's something you can take if you have a particular reaction to the coronavirus or any other disease, how do you know to take it? Because people are actually killing people with hydroxychloroquine uh, because they're not using it properly. Some guys are having real good success with that. But it isn't the, it isn't the hydro, you know, like you've heard the story of somebody going out and drinking uh, chloroquine or some sort of Clorox kind of thing that is used to clean fish tanks. I don't remember what it was. Uh, and they went, their husband and wife, they went in and drank it and they killed one of them, I guess, and put the other one in the hospital. That's, that's not, there's another ingredient you have to add or that hydroxychloroquine is not going to do you any good. Um, 
it not any real good. It may cloud the the symptoms and the problem. So what is that other ingredient? Well, see, the news didn't tell you because they don't really care about you as much as they care about their news story. So they're not going to investigate it, but we'll tell you what it is. But I'm not telling you to go out and take this stuff. There's probably other better ways of doing the same thing that the hydroxychloroquine is doing. And one of the key ingredients there is the quin part, which is quinine. And you're hearing people mention quinine now. And uh, the other ingredient is zinc. And zinc has long been known to have some sort of value to your immune system, some way of stimulating or or enhancing your immune system. So what exactly is the zinc doing? You know, people want the, the, the simple answer. What do I put in my mouth that will make this pain go away? No, you want to know what it's doing. You want to know why it's doing it. And one of the reasons why is that if you can't get this stuff, which they say is now getting in a short supply and has already been used by um, people who have autoimmune problems all over the world for for decades and decades, and it has certain side effects. So there may be things, one of those, either the hydro, probably not, the oxy, probably not, or the chloro part. That may be causing side effects or maybe the combination of all the others. So what do you really want to know? You know, and we pointed out, you know, we know that based on reports, again, it's correlation, that doctors say that if you're taking Advil or ibuprofen, which is still being administered to patients when they come into the hospital, but they're saying that the people who are taking those things and get put on a ventilator die, and the people who don't die on the ventilator are not taking those things. Now, that's correlation again, but that would tell me don't take those things if you get seriously ill, and don't take a lot of other things. We'll give you some other examples when we come back to the keys of the kingdom, but they were going to equate all this to the kingdom of God. So, hurry back. Don't go away. Okay, welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. So anyway, I talked a little bit about this chloroquine, which uh, actually chloroquine was the original drug that they used uh, to treat malaria, and it's used in autoimmune diseases like lupus and uh, all kinds of them. And so it's commonly used, but uh, then they uh, added a few more uh, ingredients to the molecule and created this hydroxy uh, chloroquine. And, uh, which is probably, uh, you know, uh, hydrogen, oxygen, like a water molecule, HO, or something. And, you know, I don't know what the string is. You can probably look it up, but we don't need to get into the chemistry of it. But anyway, they added that because it helped with some of the side effects of just using chloroquine. But basically, the chloroquine and the zinc is what is used. And what they're really doing is getting the zinc into the cell. Zinc doesn't get into the cell easily. It has to have some sort of a carrier to get it into your cell. If you just take a zinc pill and you don't have any of these other ingredients that that zinc can combine with, it's probably not going to get into your cell. There's a whole mechanism there of cellular communication and distribution going on in the human body to get the zinc they need to where it needs to go. And what you eat with the zinc or maybe what you stick the zinc to before you eat the zinc will help it get to where it needs to go. You can't just go out 
necessarily and suck on a zinc coated nail like a, a 16 penny hot dipped galvanized nail has zinc in the in that nail we used to put the nails in our mouths when we were doing roofing and we used to have hot now they they get the zinc on or the coating on some other way so i don't know what's in it but uh, what you could have done before is take an eight penny or a 16 penny uh hot dipped galvanized nail and stick it into a grapefruit uh maybe stick a couple into the grapefruit peel the grapefruit and eat it or an orange or even a lemon and the acids in the lemon and the grapefruit would take the zinc out and combine with the zinc and you, just like it would in a battery it would take the molecules of that zinc out and then when you eat it you will have that that what you eat which will include vitamin C, etc., will take that in a complex chemical process into your body and eventually, hopefully, get it to the cell. And th- th- you've got your zinc for the day. So if you can't get zinc pills, you could probably try that. But I'm not, I'm not prescribing anything. But anyway, the hydroxy part was added in order to cut down some of the symptoms that get, get comes from the chloroquine. But there, all they're trying to do is get the zinc into the cell. Now, the chloroquine may also suppress, this is why it's used in autoimmune, suppress things that are overreacting in your body. And there was a doctor who was a runner, I don't know, it wasn't marathons, I think it was Ironman runs or something like this, very healthy person. And I think she was in England and she got real sick from the coronavirus. And she's not pro-Trump. And so she, uh, but she had, you could tell this in some of the things that she was saying, this is all secondhand to me, but... I'm just repeating her story to give you an idea how this, how your human body works. When you bring in foreign ideas or foreign uh, elements into your body. And this is what happens when you do the same thing in the body of Christ. So we're using this as an analogy. So she's a doctor, so she knows everything that you think you need to know. And so she goes and she took. Tamiflu or Theraflu or one of these things, um, which is kind of an over-the-counter thing. I think you can get that over-the-counter. Uh, there's a lot of medicines you can't get over-the-counter in Great Britain. As a matter of fact, we have people who come here from Great Britain and they want to buy certain medicines here that are readily available. I mean, just things like ointments and salves. They can't buy it without a prescription. In <laughs> and you can't get in to see a doctor to get a prescription because there's a six-month wait. Well. So anyway, they uh, uh, she took the, those things and it got worse, and uh, she really got sick. So was it the coronavirus getting her sick, or the inhibitors in her Tamar Theraflu that was getting her sick? Because that's what's going on when you take Advil and uh, ibuprofen is they uh, they inhibit. Those are just pain relievers, but they inhibit the production of certain enzymes. And you may need those enzymes. And the same thing can go on with Airflu and Tamiflu as well. Now, I can give you some relief, but they have a drying quality because they're inhibitors. They're inhibiting your immune system, which is why, which is probably what the chloroquine is doing and the quinine is doing. It's inhibiting your system because, again, most people don't die of the disease. They die of the symptoms of the disease. So people whose autoimmune is out of whack, probably because they got too many vaccinations or other reasons as well, 
they're taking these inhibitors to slow down their immune system because the symptoms that they're creating are actually devastating to their physical well-being. So anyway, uh, she tried a couple of other things and she got worse. And finally, she took the chloroquine. Uh, I think she took the hydroxychloroquine, uh, probably with zinc, and she started getting better. But she didn't like the side effects, so she stopped taking it and went out and probably type A personality overdid her exercise because she started exercising. And she got worse again and had to come back and take the hydrochloroquine again because she wasn't really over it and she was overdoing it probably. But all the things, you know, she was bad-mouthing Trump, diagnosing patients and uh, prescribing medicine. Was Of course, he never did. never did anything like that. He just mentioned the fact that, and looked to the doctors when he said it, that they're they're finding some good results with that. He didn't say what it was. He didn't, certainly didn't tell anybody to go out and drink their uh, fish tank cleaner. But the reality was he just mentioned it. What I'm telling you is you, what you probably needed is a little bit healthier body already where you had zinc already stored in your cells so that you, what you're, the reason you're getting sick is you were already depleted of some of the things that you needed. Right now, fear is rampant in the world. And uh, also now comes the reaction, the other reaction to fear, which is anger, because fear and anger are the opposite sides of the same coin. So now they're flipping the coin over, and a lot of people are going to get angry and probably do something even dumber than they did when they were afraid. And the solution to that is that you seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You learn to sit down, calm down, sit down in tens, hundreds, and thousands and start caring about one another as much as you care about yourself. And in that process, and I'm not just saying care about them like a lot of people do in churches. Oh, I love them so much. I really care about them. Let's say a prayer for them. Now, I'm all for prayer. And, and there is power in prayer. But prayer without action... That's not going to cut it in the kingdom of God. you got to be a doer of the word because Christ said you have to be a doer of the word. So if you care about those people over there, you got to do something about those people and their need. You can't just pray about it and then say, well, that's the government's job. No, the kingdom of God is a government that does a job that the governments of the world try to do, except we try to do it through faith, hope, and charity, and they try to do it through force, fear, and fealty, subjugating you, entangling you again in the elements of the world, so that your children are in debt, you're in bondage, and you're all hiding in your homes in fear, and the only thing that will get you out is force, and hate, and anger. If you come out with those motivations, you will have a civil war and destruction beyond your imagination. Some of you are going to do it no matter what I say. But what you need to do is think differently. You need to repent, turn around, and say, why aren't we taking care of one another? Why aren't we, you know, why... Why can't we take care of everybody on our block? There's nothing magical in taking care of the flu. I came across something that uh, when I had what I believe was the coronavirus and the cough that came afterwards, I found something that gave me instantaneous relief. 
with apparently no side effects. That is all natural substance that is available in the stores. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's just correlation on my part. But if we had a network, other people could try it because it's, it's rel- readily available. It's not a suppressant or anything. And it's a natural substance and they could try it and they could report back to us and say this really worked. And that's cellular communication. That's communication in the kingdom. But it, how do we know who to trust? Because the virus gets in because the virus pretends to be one of your exosomes and said, knocking on the door, let me in. And they let it in and they replicate it because it looks like an exosome and they don't even realize they're actually creating something that's going to cause the death of the whole body. And that, of course, has come along in the church today because it thinks it's absolutely okay to covet your neighbor's goods to the agency of men who exercise authority one over the other. So if you need anything for your health, education, and welfare, just ask the men who will tax your neighbor and force them to contribute to your plan for salvation. Just like they, their plan for salvation from the flu is everybody stay locked down. Which I can, I can show you experts in the field, not just your doctor on the street, but experts in the field who have actually been following the the progression of diseases throughout the uh, world for almost half a century are credentialed up to the hilt, say that this shutdown will cause more deaths in the long run. Wow. Because you're not doing it according to God's plan, you're doing it according to the government's plan. I know, like I said before, there are places all over Oregon, there's places all over the United States where certain people will go to to commit suicide. You know, like the Golden Gate Bridge. People go and jump off the Golden Gate Bridge. And so they they have cameras on the bridge watching all the time and there are people who take turns watching to make sure people aren't jumping off the bridge. And I wouldn't be surprised if you went down there, you'd find that they're overtime. Because places that normally have six deaths a year of suicides are now having 20 deaths since the beginning of the year. And one whole year's six deaths, now in a couple of months, 20 deaths from suicide. They said, why are they committing suicide? That doesn't make any sense. When does suicide make sense? I can tell you that what leads to suicide is fear, anxiety, hopelessness, We can't do anything to stop this virus. We have no immunity to it. We have no immunity to every new virus. It comes out every year and we get it usually without anybody getting more than a common cold and a few deaths in old folks homes. That's because that's God's plan. Now they're saying, oh, you're not going to get rid of this until you get a vaccine and everybody will have to have Proof that they have received the vaccine or they can't go back to work. That's somebody's plan, but that isn't God's plan. That doesn't even make any sense whatsoever once you have the true facts. But right now you lack knowledge. But you, it, actually the information is right before you. China is almost done with this virus. Certain areas where they broke out heavily, they're not getting any new cases. The only place they're getting new cases, and some of those new cases are 
are people that whose health is failing for other reasons, and now they they become the, their immune system's not working right. But uh, they're almost done. They had no vaccine because they got herd immunity. They're getting herd immunity in a billion people. Now, one of the things I want to get to you, okay, if a virus is nothing more than an exosome that has left the body of its original host, whether it was a bat or armadillo or whatever, or, you know, there's evidence. If you want to go look up evidence about whether or not this was a manufactured virus, which it's not entirely manufactured. It's just that they, that if they are getting a virus that has the proteins that can unlock human cells, they can target those virus towards human cells. And th- there's clearly, you go, uh, the Epic Times, I think that's what it's called, Epic Times, somebody can correct me if I'm, I'm getting it wrong, Um is a paper out there, and they seem to do real investigative reporting. One of the few outfits that do that. Ben Swan seems to do real investigative. Um, Glenn Beck seems to be doing some. He doesn't always come to the right conclusion, but at least they're looking, and they admit when they're wrong. But the reality is, uh, uh, the Times has uh, done a great expose, and it's on YouTube somewhere. And if people find it, they can share it on the network, on our network. And you can go look at it. But they're suspecting, and this is the Chinese scientists are suspecting that this was manufactured in labs in China. They've been doing this kind of work for years, publishing papers on it. So it's not a matter of a conspiracy theory. They've openly published and spoken on TED Talks about designing these viruses. And it could have escaped. It could have been on purpose. I don't know. doesn't really matter. It's here. But it's a real virus. People are say, out there saying, no, you can't get a virus unless it's injected in you. Nonsense. You can get a virus if it's not injected in you. And I'll tell you, this is one of God's wonders. It's the way he keeps society strong. And the fact is, is you've been following all kinds of ways to make your society weak. And you can make it stronger by changing the way you're thinking. Stop feeding your tongue and start loving yourself and your neighbor as much as yourself. Then people would be making foods and products that are healthier for you rather than toxic for you. They w- That would be paramount in their minds equal to that of making a profit. Or even more so than making a profit. They would rather lose, like the guy I told you about, he said, I would rather die of this virus than plunge my children and grandchildren into debt for maybe centuries to come. He would rather die. Well, those are the, those are the heroes who save a nation. Is because they don't put their life first. People running out of the store with three rolls, three bundles of toilet paper, they put themselves first. This is the spirit that is killing. This is the infection that is killing your society. It, it may have been manufactured, but say it wasn't. Maybe it just mutated in the wild or mutated in some nature, and it got into a human, and then it passed from one human to the next. Then it will continue to pass, and this happens all the time. And many of these viruses die out. Many of them don't even, they're not very uh, um, 
effective, and so they just disappear and they never make it very far. But some of them become very infectious, infectious, especially the respiratory ones. Those are easy to go from your lungs to somebody else's lungs, or the sinus ones go from your sinuses to somebody else's sinuses. And that's what this is, is a respiratory one. And so it travels easily. But also people are developing immunity easily. Is there a way... Once you become immune, to pass that immunity on to someone else without a blood draw. Without them sticking a needle in and taking your blood, they want it so they can make a vaccine to go out and inject everybody. Except that they're not going to inject you just with the antibody. They're going to inject you with all kinds of other stuff. Is there a way, a natural way, that you, by being next to other people, can start picking up their antibodies? Well, if an antibody, like an exosome, which carries the message that there's a problem with this particular thing and that you need to protect yourself, each cell needs to protect itself from this thing, and that's traveling around in the body of somebody who has become immune. This is what happens is those exosomes are released all over their body to tell all the other cells to look out for this. And actually some of the exosomes will actually even uh, consume when the toxin is actually just a chemical. They will start removing that chemical, sacrificing themselves to remove that chemical. These are really tiny little things. And how they even function is just staggering that the body is able to create these things to flow around. And I, I, I suspect the mechanism of that gets into the realm of spirit. It certainly gets into the realm. We know that your immune system is immediately compromised if you're afraid, if you're anxious, if you're tense. I mean, we can actually register physically part of your immune system like your lymphatic system is restrained when muscles are too tense all the time. They tell you that, you know, in order to attribute good quality to, you know, help your immune system, your lymphatic part of your immune system, which is all these vessels throughout your system, that they're pumped by your muscles. They don't really have a built-in pump. They don't have any heart pushing the fluids through your system. But they're pumped by the use of your muscle. That's why these guys bounce on these little trampolines and tell you to do low impact swimming and all that stuff. Use those muscles. Old folks homes, they want people to use their muscles. They don't want them to just sit and atrophy because when they do that, their lymphatic system atrophies. And you you have to use the muscles to pump that around to keep you healthy. And they say if your clothing is too tight, it will restrict that. But emotions will cause muscles to stay tight for hours, even days. And that will interfere with your lymphatic system. So, all these things, what it, it, are these little tiny cells? What's giving them their motivation? There's no motivation in exosome. It's just a bunch of little chemicals, DNA strips and little pieces of protein. But it's going out there and by the billions and saving your life, working to keep you alive all the time. They They have the spirit of giving life. In them, they sacrifice themselves to save your tissues and your 
organs in your body. Is that the same spirit that you're living in yourself? Or are you spirit living in the spirit of selfishness? If you're selfish with everything around you, if you're just going to feed yourself, it's all about you. You're not sitting down in tens, hundreds, and thousands for righteousness, for the love of your neighbor, and the love of those people you don't even know, which Christ talks about. It's not good enough just to love those in your little home church congregation group. You have to love with doing, with physical action. You know, you can't think about exercise and have your lymphatic system operating. You have to actually exercise. You can't think about doing good and actually do good. You have to actually do good. Now, you're not going to be able to do it by yourself. You're going to need the power of God. And and all the power of God isn't going to flow through you. You're not Moses. And even Moses was not Moses. As we think of Moses, know that the people had to become primary elements of righteousness. They had to work out their own salvation with fear and trembling in the process of loving their neighbor as themselves. Moses said that long before Christ. And I tell you, this change is the spirit that dwelleth in you. And the spirit that dwelleth in you giveth life. And it will affect every exosome, every cell of your body. You will become a light unto the world. But if you continue down this road of selfishness, looking to make gods of doctors, gods of lawyers, gods of politicians, they will decide what is good. Can I come out of my house yet? If you rebel against them, I'm coming out of my house and you try to stop me, I'm going to use my Second Amendment right. That's no better. It's still all about you. You have to do it the way Christ. There is no other alternative. Than Christ. But Christ didn't say go to church, you know, like that guy's got in trouble because, of, and I think, I mean, it just shows you the absurdity. I mean, there was a cop gonna give a ticket to two people sitting on the side of the road, or they were actually sitting on a curve, uh, or, uh, some kind of plant or cement planter out in the middle of nowhere, nobody else around them. And he said they had to sit farther apart, and they said, we're married. And he says, I don't care, if you don't move apart, I'm giving you a citation. What? <laughs> what? I, and I told you last week that the same thing happened. I would, uh, I drove to town with my, uh, son-in-law. We're in the same truck, driving to town, uh, picking up some of the same things together to load things into the truck. And, uh, sit at the same table to eat sometimes. And he's checking out and I come and stand next to him. And, uh, with a few of my items, and the the, the lady, the, the young girl there, she looked like she was like 15, but I guess she was probably older. She says, oh, sir, sir, stand farther apart. She didn't want me standing next to that guy. And I says, we came in the same truck. Oh, do you know each other? And so we got over it, got through that. But I couldn't hear her half the time because she's behind her plexiglass shield and she had her mask on. If you don't get that, you can run, but you cannot hide. This, this is gonna be around. You've, you need to change the way you're thinking. You need to have right knowledge and you're not getting it from the gods of the media. And you're not getting it from the gods of politics. Uh, you need to develop that immunity. But 
back to our subject here before it gets too late here is uh how how do you impart the immunity that you have got if you've already gotten it to somebody else how did you get the virus to begin with somebody coughed it out spit it out got it on their hands put it on a handrail you picked it up you got it and we're talking micro nano micro size things got in there eventually got to one of your cells that's all it needs is the one cell and if that cell lets it in and replicates it and then other cells start letting it in before you know it you'll have millions of those viruses in there running around in your body so how would you get the immunity to that what happened if I coughed up an exosome that was making me immune and you picked that up? What if I gave you a kiss and you got that exosome from me? That exosome is going to go in you and reproduce that immunity in you. That's the way it works. We'll be back to Kings of the Kingdom and join us on the network. Well, welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. And uh, so we're looking at this. Correlating this to the idea of the kingdom of God. And we, and again, all this part of your immune system, these antigens, antigens are just toxins. They're usually other foreign substances which, uh, induces an immune response in your body, especially the production of antibodies. Now antibodies can be, you know, after all kinds of things, you know, they're, they're basically blood proteins that produce to respond to and uh, counteracting the specific antigen, the toxin. And that toxin can be a virus, it could be bacteria, it could be chemicals, it could be actually cancer in your own cells, uh, in your own body. And it goes after them. It could be parasites. Parasites would be another form of of an invasion into your system that your body goes after. There's actually more to it even than that because you're, you're invaded already with millions and millions of different bacteria. And as far as viruses are concerned, some animals, some creatures, let's put it that way, some living things can't survive without viruses. They actually have a symbiotic relationship with something else that produces what they're calling a virus, which is just this exosome that gets into them and it allows them to live. It actually strengthens their life processes and they got it from something else. This is built into creation by that divine intelligence that even microbiologists are beginning to realize had to be there to make such complex systems and to repeat these same patterns over and over again throughout the system of life. We see patterns in the universe in relationship, you know, with the planets and relationship to atomic structures, etc. We see uh, certain patterns reproduced in solar systems and in galaxies. But in life... We see certain patterns too. And they keep reproducing yet remaining stable except when we introduce those foreign antigens into the body. And if we equate that to the church, 
Some of those foreign antigens are foreign ideas. Ideas like it's okay to covet your neighbor's goods. It is okay to become accustomed to living at the expense of your neighbor and depending for your livelihood on the property of others and to elect kings and presidents and prime ministers to exercise authority over our neighbor. One of the things I thought was fascinating is the people that you've known for years and stuff like that, they're going around policing. They're actually giving incentive to people in certain cities to turn in anybody who opens up a restaurant or opens up a business and don't have a permission so the government can go and shut them down. There's people actually, you know, somebody got a $200 ticket for driving around in the car and back to that church. They're meeting in the parking lot. Everybody's in their cars with their windows rolled up and they're listening to the preacher over the radio. But of course, it's a it's a short broadcast radio, I guess, so therefore they have to come to the parking lot. But they're not intermingling. They're more than six feet apart. It's only families and cars. Then they came there and started giving them, I think it was a $500 ticket per car. That's insane. Why you even have to discuss or explain that? That's because the zombie apocalypse is here already. People are brainless. They're mindless. They're not thinking because they don't have the mind of Christ. Evidently, this church is very conservative and the uh, the city council is very liberal. So they think it's okay to fine all these families for sitting in their car listening to the radio. That's not out intermingling in the public and it meets all the criteria. It's just insane. That's, that's the story is that people have gotten so insane they don't even know what's right and wrong. Secondary story is the fact that everybody should come out of their homes. Everybody should, anybody who's immune compromised, they should stay in their homes. They can wear their masks. But everybody else should be intermingling because this is how you get rid of the disease. And the experts say that you'll have more deaths in the long run if you don't do that. And yet, they're doing that. And I, I, I'm suspecting... Correlation is not causation. This all has to do with power plays and economics. But then if we're going to start talking about things that we've already done wrong, we have to go all the way back to 1913 and uh, maybe even 1776 to find out what we've done wrong. But there's a bigger picture out there. But what we should be doing right is what Christ said to do. And he said to sit down in these tens, hundreds of thousands, love one another by faith, hope, and charity. Take care of one another through charity, not through force. Don't go and apply for the meats that are offered by men who exercise authority, the benefits of men who exercise authority, which is what you're doing now in the socialist state. The government takes from one class and redistributes. The power to do that always corrupts. And so you shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be setting up such a system. Like I said, if you want socialism, you can set up socialism right now in America. You can't, you shouldn't force everybody else to become a part of that socialism. You should uh, give everybody the right to make that choice as to whether they want socialism or not. So, But if you want to get together with a hundred guys or a thousand guys who want socialism, you can set that up right now. And you all 
you know, just take a vow of poverty and enter into a big, huge network of a hundred socialists or a thousand socialists. And everything you make, no matter who you work for, goes into the this socialist club that you've created, this socialist order that you've created. And you elect somebody, you know, a group, a body or whatever to redistribute the wealth that you all accumulate. You can do that right now. It's absolutely legal. Why are you trying to force everybody else in the country to become a socialist? It's because you know socialism by itself doesn't work. And you also know that socialism is a system of force and the spirit of force is already in you. And so you look at force is okay. You want to force people to comply with what you... And you do. But what you really need to do... See, you're already in that system because we already have... The United States is... Greatly, it's not totally a free market society. Absolutely. It's heavily socialized. Social security is socialism. Public school is socialism. Your roads, your taxes on roads is socialism. We used to build roads without taxing gas because we didn't have gas. We didn't need gas. But the reality is you would be... Everybody knows, everybody who is considers themselves conservatives knows that Private enterprise can do better than the government at almost every turn. Occasionally, government agencies do a pretty good job, but that's actually not the rule. That's the exception. And But really, government agencies are just people. Private organizations are just people. Corporations are really just people. And it's the spirit that dwelleth in those people that makes those organizations function and become viable and productive. It's the spirit, not the system. It's the spirit. Now, certain systems lend themselves to certain spirits, and certain systems lend lend themselves to another spirit. Systems based on force will lend itself to the spirit of force. That's why once you go to socialism, the next step is communism. I have a neighbor who lived under communism for at least 20 years. And uh, he he has lots and lots of liberal friends, but they all want to see him out of town right now. (laughs) And so he's out here. He's not a full-time neighbor, but he's out here. And uh, he's dealing, you know, he's an old guy, but he runs like five miles a day or bicycles, you know, 20 miles. And uh, he's doing great. He thinks this whole virus thing is... Is insane fear and anxiety. It's not a big deal. And this guy's got degrees, at least three degrees. So he's a smart guy. And, and I was pleased to hear that he was thinking that way. But, uh, the reality is, is that you're, you're either cultivating one spirit in your society or another. And right now I see the spirit of fear. The spirit of force, the spirit of turn your neighbor in rather than help your neighbor out. And you're all doing it because you want to be safe you and or you lack knowledge. Now, I admit that a great deal of the choices that people are making and thinking, oh, we all need to wear a mask, is because they lack the knowledge of how viruses work. Viruses have been coming and going for thousands of years. This is certainly not a plague in any way, shape, or form. This is not a plague. 
It's an epidemic, but we have epidemics every year. An epidemic is an outbreak of a disease that uh, occurs over a wide geographic area and affects an exceptionally high portion, proportion of the population. Now, this is an epidemic, but it's really not a high proportion of the population. Although, most everybody will get this and get over it. Most everybody will have mild to no symptoms and they they will be fine. So it's an epidemic of something that is going to make you have a more robust immune system. It will make your society stronger if you do this through the natural process, which China just did because they had no vaccine. Although they were interfering with that process all the time. If you introduce a vaccine, you may become immune. It will be temporary. It may cause more autoimmune problems and all kinds of other things. We know, they say, the scientists know that people who get annual vaccines get sick more often. Why? Because they're disrupting the natural immune system. The natural immune system is going to see the foreign antigen and turn things on in itself. If you inject it with a bunch of debris, you're going to overtax the system. You're not going to be, you know, there are cells in your lungs looking for foreign antigens that come in. But when you get injected for the flu virus, you bypass those cells in your lungs. And you generate an immune response in your body. And it can, and it's an unregulated immune response, which is why people have so many problems with vaccines. When it comes in through your lungs, your lungs have certain cells that will detect this foreign agent, start producing the exosomes, which will go out and tell all the other cells in your lungs, don't mess with this foreign agent, don't let it in, keep it out of your system. And that's worked really well with the vast majority of the people. We just had a major doctor come out and say that, you know, 98% of the people will do just fine with this virus and not have any trouble, and the figure's probably more like 99% of the people. Oh, even the people that are dying from it, if they got it five years ago, or maybe ten years ago, they probably wouldn't be dying now. But it didn't exist five years ago, or ten years ago. Coronaviruses did. And if they got over those coronaviruses through natural process... They probably wouldn't have as much difficulty as they're having today. But I can tell you this. We know that a lot of people are having difficulty because they're putting other, continuing to put other toxins in their body. You know, the, the, the doctor of doctors, the originator of medicine, said, let thy food be thy medicine. And you have a spleen. You have tonsils. You have these cells in your lungs. You have this organ called skin. You have this lymphatic uh, nodes and you have these exomes constantly trying to work for your health. But you're not taking care of them because you're poisoning with them uh, all kinds of other things. You need you need good exercise. You need to do that regularly. You need to eat right. You You need to understand what's going on in your body. Understand what remedies you can get. Now, we're looking forward and we see the possibility of food shortages, millions of tons, uh, or millions of pounds at least, and tons and tons. I see, 
you know, hundreds and hundreds of tons in one spot of food dumped out on the ground that is not being put into the system because it normally goes to restaurants and they're not taking any orders. So you can't just suddenly switch over and say, well, now we're going to send it to grocery stores because you're having shortages in the grocery stores of milk and they're pouring milk out on the ground because you've disrupted the entire system. Not because of the virus, because of your reaction, your overreaction to the virus by your government, by doctors. I mean, you've seen the pandemonium in doctors who aren't looking at the research. And we put up new videos, and there's one more I want to put up on our uh, our coronavirus page at preparingyou.com. You can go look at them. And uh, there's some interesting, Newt has, uh, uh, Kurt has a, a very good video uh, he's not a great, powerful speaker, but he knows his stuff. And he's he's kind of funny in his little dry sense of humor, but he knows his stuff. And you should l- educate yourselves and find out what's going on. Uh, you, you're eating all kinds of things that are causing inflammatory situations in your body. Uh, there's a lot of things that you're not doing that you could be doing to improve your health, especially if you get sick. But you should be pre-prepared prepared in advance uh, for these kinds of outbreaks and diseases. And if they are manufacturing it, uh, chances are the next one will be, this may be just a dry run. So what's the best way to learn all these things, to go and do all the research on Google? No. It's to sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands and find people that care about you as much as they care about themselves and are willing to share the informations and things that they discovered in open debate because people are going to say certain things that just ain't so. And you need to be able to say, I don't think that's so. You're going to have to prove this. You're going to have to show me. And you be every single congregation is not only a think tank but a laboratory of, of choices. I see a lot of people hurting themselves because they get a little bit of information about what you can ingest and what you can't ingest, and they're hurting themselves. You need to have people that actually have gone through these experiences and know it and have that spiritually loving spirit in them that they're willing to take the time to sit down, even if it's just on a phone call, to share information with other people. And if we could get those numbers where they should be, which would be tens of, so we're, uh, you know, tens, hundreds, and thousands, and ten thousands, the amount of good information passing in that network will be great. It will also facilitate that community-supported agriculture. It will also facilitate everybody has resources, and those resources can be faithfully redistributed by charity, in a wise and giving fashion that will help people get through any hard times that may come about by nature or by design that you will be able to overcome. But again, in that statement, I'm not appealing to your fear or your vanity or your your selfishness. I'm saying that you must do this and you'll find out in this process that you're not as giving as you thought. You'll find out in this process you're not as unselfish as you thought. That some of that selfishness is coming in with you. But that can be forgiven as you work together with one another. Hard times will purify the body of Christ. Just like hard times can purify, you know, the introduction of a virus in you can strengthen you because it can turn on a more robust immune system. The plan that is being given to us by governments, by doctors, uh, 
It is an external plan that is often, often disrupting the natural plan of God built into our system. And the natural plan of God is enhanced when we're seeking to be ruled by God rather than other men and to operate in that government according to the righteousness of God by loving one another as much as we love ourselves. We have to be like God and a giver of life. That's where the charity comes in. But also sacrificing ourselves like Christ out of love for one another, not blind love. Because you don't want to just give everybody anything they want. You want to give everybody everything they need. And what a lot of people need is a good scolding. And so that's what we started out with, is that we're the problem, not the virus. We've been the problem for a long time because we've been going down that wrong road, away from the kingdom of God. Because we've allowed the church to become infected with ideas that are worse than the virus, that are not the the DNA of Christ. It's the DNA of selfishness, the DNA of Cain, the DNA of power and Nimrod and Pharaoh. We need to have the DNA of Christ and we need to put it into motion in a body that comes together voluntarily. Those exosomes, they literally are volunteering to do what they're doing. The cells that produce them are volunteering to do what they're doing. And because they're sending out messages not just for their little group of cells, but they're sending out messages to cells on the other side of the body they don't even know. And that those messages are like bringing light of information to the other cells in your body. And if you come together in Christ, you will actually begin to uh, uh, communicate the Spirit of Christ in your congregations. You don't have to filter your congregations. You say, I don't want that guy here because he doesn't say things just right. You get to disagree with him. But what you want to do is turn up the candle. Turn up the light in your own body. And you can only do that by the hand of God. And the hand of God will not do that in you unless you surrender to His way. And His way is not the way of selfishness, but the way of sacrifice. His way is not the way of caring about you, but in caring about others. He did not come to save Himself. He came to save others, even at the cost of Himself. But He also spoke out against corruption. He told the truth. He told the whole truth, even when it made people mad. He didn't do it to make them mad. He did it so that they might be saved. And that's why, that's the spirit that you need to come in. And when you come together in that spirit, your body will become healthier. Your mind will begin to see, you know, I shouldn't eat that. (laughs) I should eat more of that. You will become a person of action and compassion. You have to. You can't sit down. If People have tried to sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. And the next thing you know, they're bickering, they're complaining. But you know, if you look at, if they look at their life before, 
They were kind of complainers before. <laughs> they were kind of easily irritated before. And what what's happening, you know, like somebody says, he makes me mad. No, he makes you know you're mad. The anger comes out of you. He didn't stick his hand up your back and say, be angry now. He just did something, your anger, he pushed your buttons. And the anger came out of you. It was already there. A lot of times you don't even have a good reason for the anger you see. That anger that dwelleth in you in the dark places of your mind and heart opens you up to virus and disease and infection. You need to gather together with other people that will help shine light on the dark places. We sit in darkness today. We lack knowledge today. We lack humility to admit that we are wrong today. And that, so as long as we're going to sit in that darkness, we are not going to become righteous children of God. So stop playing religion. Start practicing religion. This afternoon we'll probably cover the subject of, because they're going to try to force this vaccination on people. You know, a lot of the people in the circles that I live, they're against it. But you'd be shocked to see how many people that you thought were thinking like you were thinking. When it comes up, will you allow forced vaccination? Yeah, the government says we have to have forced, that we have to obey the government. That's unbelievable. But that's what the state, so what are we going to do about that? Well, sit down the tens, hundreds, the thousands and listen to the program this afternoon because we'll go over some of those topics this afternoon. But until then, join us on the network, network and peace on your house and God be with you. God bless. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net.